From Johannesburg to Jerusalem, the world is always changing, growing and innovating. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he brings you the trendsetters, the thought leaders and those creating news before it happens. Only on the New Blue Review, your favorite Jewish culture and current affairs show. Every Monday at 9 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. On the line with us, as we always do this time of the week, we have uh, Rob Hutchinson, and uh, he joins us to talk about what's going on in Parliament. Rob, how are you doing? Very well, and yourself, Benji? I'm doing very, very well. And uh, you know, Rob, things are a little bit less on the on the on the side of the Parliament. Actually, everyone looking at the the local government elections, but but we don't want to take our eye off the important things that are going on, and nothing more important than being able to start and run companies, which is why today is particularly important. Absolutely, yeah. We got to keep our eye on on the uh, goings on in Parliament, and definitely, as you said, not get distracted. So the the new um, company's uh, amendment bill, which is actually a bill that was brought about in around uh, September 2018 to make uh, changes and amendments to the Companies Act, has been uh, revised after extensive public consultation with a number of industry bodies, with governments, with uh, watch groups and and uh, uh, other companies and private individuals as well. And because there's been extensive uh, changes to to the companies companies back or proposed changes they've put it out for, for public comment once again and it is it is concerning in some some areas but in other areas it is it's actually a welcomed welcomed amendment as it opens up the ease of doing business it makes it easier for uh, small to medium enterprises to to cut the red tape and to actually promote the idea of actually doing business and lowers the cost of, of doing business as well. However, in some areas, it does provide larger companies um, with a responsibility now to set out a ethics committee to address um, differences in wages between top executives and low-income low earners within the company. They have to close close the gap as required by international laws and trends and uh, provide greater transparency into uh, processes, into who owns companies, into the actual owners of the companies and just make it more accessible to, to the public and other interested bodies, but mostly uh, international organizations and government themselves. And they, they put this under the banner of addressing um, terrorism and funding of terrorism and uh, a whole lot of other other concerning global uh, international trends, but it's a quite an extensive proposal, which we're, perhaps we should go through in more detail on uh, throughout throughout the week or maybe even next week. I, I mean, I, I just want to bring that back a little bit, Rob. Are you saying that they're trying to address pay gap considerations by terrorism laws? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So it's broken down into into three areas. So the one, the first area is they want to improve the ease of doing business by cutting cutting the red tape and hopefully attract foreign in investment into into the country again through ease ease of business. But what they what they want to do is also provide greater transparency on uh, wage ratios. So what this proposes to do is that companies will have to disclose in their annual reports 
the uh, the ratio of 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 uh, top earners versus versus the low earners who earns the top five percent what they earned and the top uh, the lowest five percent what they earn and then also the ownership of the company and what they talk about here is true ownership and what they found is that a number of of companies hide ownership of of their um, of their companies through shareholding and and directors through international uh, shareholders so they want to actually make it uh, t- completely transparent so the the public or government can actually find out who is funding companies who is benefiting from from uh, companies and why money is leaving the country and where it's going and, and so on so it's it's digging right into the the heart of the operations of uh, large large corporates and even down to medium medium uh, sized companies and obviously they put it under the guise of um, money laundering and money leaving the country and they specifically say here uh, to, to who see who's funding terrorism and this isn't the first time we've seen this kind of um, introduction of the word terrorism in controlling companies we saw it in a non-profit amendment bill a while ago there was a, a great concern about who's funding non-profits and what the objectives thereof are and they also put that under non-profits funding a terrorism terrorism within within certain countries and it's it's an international uh, policy that that South Africa has actually signed up signed up to interesting okay so that is uh, maybe terrorism we weren't expecting uh, to see it uh, rob uh, but <laughs> all right fine so uh, so, so it's, it seems to me one of those bills where at least there has been some proper thought there has been some some sort of uh, required thinking about it, but but maybe still some of the the edges need to be ironed out if this is going to be an effective piece of legislation. That that is exactly the issue. That, like I said, it originally was proposed in around 2018, and it has gone. It has received extensive uh, consultation with um, leading industry bodies, and they proposed uh, significant changes within within the bill. That's why it's been put out for public comment again. Number one, to see if the proposed changes are actually suitable. For, for most companies and to see the extent at which the bill addresses the concerns raised in that previous uh, consultation process. And obviously then the three categories that they want to do, the one will, uh, is the ease of business, the, the second one is the greater transparency on pay gaps, and the third is the uh, that what they call the provisions on beneficial ownership. And, and again, they say here, in light of the global effort to address anti-money laundering and financial terrorism. Well, very interesting also that just today where they were talking about the, the Pandora papers that have been leaked, uh, which are showing how people are getting tax offshore and all of this sort of thing. So uh, clearly a, a topic that's very much in the mind of policymakers as they're thinking about how we structure company law at the moment. Yeah, I think that is, it's, like I said, it is a whole global movement. And uh, South Africa is, is signed up to this and this agreement to provide more transparency in private, privately owned companies. There, there are some exemptions um, in uh, non-profit sector and uh, state-owned entities as well, which seems kind of strange. But it's so so be it. But they, so, however, they are subjected to to other laws which take take care of this. This is mainly focused on the the Companies Act itself. The the rather interesting uh, uh, 
proposes here is the introduction of a an ethics committee, which has to produce an ethics report based on on the internal happenings within the company where they're adhering to these proposed changes, especially on the uh, equity gaps here. Rob, I'm assuming that with your shows coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks that you're also going to be focusing on the upcoming elections? Without a doubt, without a doubt. That, I'm actually really looking forward to that. That's going to be, we're going to be interviewing uh, leaders of, of different uh, political parties just to get an update to those. And uh, put it into. Uh, I'm going to be asking some kind of hard questions and challenging them on on certain aspects. So that's going to be uh, quite quite a bit of fun there. Yeah, certainly. I think it'll be a great opportunity to get uh, those voices out there in the run up to the elections because we, we don't normally have we we, ha- we normally have a lot more time to actually conduct this vetting process of who you're going to vote for, but you only really get a month this time around. No, no, it's quite, it's quite a, quite a, it's quite challenging, let's put it that way. So what I've seen in, in, in the, in the public space is that people are going, they're not looking at the individuals as we should do in a, in a local government election, in municipal elections, but we're rather looking at the, what the party in general on a national scale is, is offering. So it's an interesting, interesting time where the public are treating the local government municipal elections as a, as a national election. And it's, 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 it's sort of, sort of highlighting the, the shortfalls of, of the general, um, political parties out there as, as well, highlighting what's, What's wrong in service delivery and and so on, and oh, I think it's going to be a, a rather interesting, rather interesting outcome. Which is why we want to actually get the individuals here on and chat chat to them, ask them those hard questions, and then hopefully the public can get involved and then uh, find out the truth and actually what's what's going on and see if these uh, elected or proposed um, e- election or candidates will actually live up to their political promises on a local level. And what's interesting about the local level is, you know, your ward councillor is is one of the few public officials that's kind of really directly elected by you. So you can sort of uh, give them a give them a hard time because you definitely voted or did not vote for them, and um, and and that doesn't really apply to parliament. In some respects, he's got a lot more control at the local level, and cities are also places that have a lot of money and, and all of that sort of thing. So, so you, you really can make a big difference about how uh, how you vote, and 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 the political parties pay, pay a lot of attention. You know, you speak to ANC people, for example, they they will say to you that the the first time that they realised that they really had to get rid of Jacob Zuma was when they had lost three or four municipalities in the in the last local government election. So it's a really important. I think you hit the nail right on the head there. It is about getting to know the individuals rather than, than the party promises. And But in in the same vein, it's you've got to put the party promise and, and manifesto through and see if the individual themselves that you're voting for, your representative, is actually going to stick that stick that to that manifesto and deliver on, on their promises. And Oh, honestly, I think the the time of promises is is well over here. We've been we've been listening to promises for far too long, and I think the party that uh, can show that their success rates and um, their their historic uh, managing uh, possibilities that is that is the party that that we should go for. It's all about reputation now, and reputation is definitely determined by 
uh, actions rather than words and promises. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly some interesting insights there, Rob, and ones that we're going to have to be uh, looking into and, and talking about uh, as things go forward uh, in uh, in. In the next few weeks, really. <laughs> so we're going to be tracking it for you and with you, Rob. Uh, and I guess we'll chat to you again next week as we see where things go. Definitely, definitely. Really looking forward to it. Thanks very much, Benji, and, and to the listeners too.